Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. This is our series in the Song of Solomon called An Invitation to Intimacy. These teachings are carefully thought out by Pastor Michael and the subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples. These teachings may not be suitable for young children. Now here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in chapter 2 and 3, God's Timing for Intimacy. It's good to be with you this morning. Would you open your Bibles to Song of Solomon chapter 2? Chapter 2. You know, uh, the people that are closest to you, you often make fun of, so I had to put some of Matthew's bloopers in that video for your entertainment and mine as well. It was great. I, uh, Matthew, I think, still holds the record for the most takes for video announcements. I think it was like 33 takes for something. Um, so anyways, we always make fun of him for that. And I had to share with you his Star Wars scream, because that was like when somebody dies in Star Wars, the, ah, you know? So anyway, man, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, I want to just say right out of the gate, we have some mature content in our sermon this morning. So I would recommend, if you've got little ones, probably Sunday school today, um, there is some sexual content in our text that is the nature of Song of Songs. So um, just fair warning, there's some things we're going to talk about today that uh, you probably don't want little ones to hear. So I'll leave that to your parental discretion. But it is good to be with you this morning. You know, as I started doing my studying for <coughs> this text, I, uh, I realized very quickly I was not alone in the camp of feeling very uncomfortable preparing to teach this to a large group of people. Um, it was like every sermon that I watched, it was like the introduction from the pastor was like, yeah, Song of Solomon. So here we are. Um, this is a weird book. And uh, it was like even my favorite preachers who I often will reference in my preparation and just kind of listen to their take on the text kind of had the same thing to say, just like, yeah, this is a little bit of a weird book. So I'm just going to put it out there in front of all of you. This is a weird book. In some regards, it's a little uncomfortable, and if you think it's uncomfortable, just imagine being up here talking to hundreds of people about it. So, but you know what? I will say this. Sex in our culture has been very much polluted and tainted by sin. Sex is not bad. Sex is good. Sex is designed by God. It is ordained by God. And when it is in its proper context, it is a beautiful, healthy, necessary, good thing for your relationship in a married relationship. But it is uncomfortable for us to navigate some of these texts because our view of sexual intimacy has been skewed and twisted by a polluted and corrupted sinful culture and by our own wickedness and our own hearts. Amen? Amen? And so we need to acknowledge that right out of the gate this morning that if we find ourselves, um, as one uh, commentator put it, feeling prudish, well, the Bible is not prudish in this area. The Bible doesn't hesitate to speak to sexual intimacy and even use sexually explicit language in this text because sex is not bad when it is in its right context. And what we are seeing in this second idyll, in this uh, passage of Songs of Songs or Songs of Solomon, is sex in its right context. And so it is holy and beautiful before the Lord, when it is taken out of its proper context, it is not. Um, I have coffee up here with me today because we spent our night last night in the emergency room with little Miss Melody. 
She's good. She's on the way to church right now, I think. Um, she did what babies do best. My wife was leaving the house, and she decided, now I want to poop. And uh, so if you've been a parent, you know exactly how that goes. You get them all dressed. My wife's out the door, and then she starts going, and you're like, no, not now. Uh, and the car seat just has a way of just, the poop just goes everywhere. And if you're a parent, you're like, amen, brother. We know how that goes. Um, I did not realize how much poop I would touch becoming a father. I, I never knew how much poop a baby could make. So I'm talking about poop from the pulpit. And um, it's probably okay because it is the way God designed our bodies. But, you know, it is interesting because uh, Melody is at the stage now where she stands. Uh, she's not walking yet, but everything is like, how can I prop myself up on this thing, no matter how terribly unstable it may or may not be, to stand up on my feet? And uh, that's been her new thing. So I... I feel so bad. It was a horrible night. Um, and honestly, I had all sorts of weird things happen this week in my preparation, eating away at my time for preparation. I will chalk some of that up to just um, the realities of life. Things go wrong sometimes. However, I will not downplay the reality of spiritual warfare. I believe that the word that the Lord has for us this morning is important and necessary for healthy marriage. And I know that the enemy hates what we are doing here this morning. And so some of it is certainly spiritual warfare. So I put little Miss Melody in her high chair last night. There's a tray that locks onto the front of it. And it's always on there, 99% of the time, locked in. And I put her in, wasn't locked in, turned around to grab something. And she decided to try to stand up on the tray. And she fell out of the high chair. As a parent, just the most gut-wrenching thing to see your little girl get hurt um, she had a little gash on her head and needed a few stitches. So all is well. She's good. She's all smiles this morning. But just the worst feeling as a parent. But as we were leaving, I grew up with all brothers. My wife's sitting in the back seat with our screaming child. And also, I'm at fault here. So uh, I'm trying to navigate these waters safely. Because <laughs> uh, I heard uh, somebody told me at first service, I think they said, or no, it was uh, Claudia Rizzi. She told me before service. She said, our, in our premarital counseling, somebody told us, your wife will never be more mad at you than when you are the reason their child is hurt. Uh, my wife wasn't actually that, but actually, Natalie was so gracious with me. I have an amazing bride. Um, and we were just like, how do we take care of this? Let's get to the hospital. But as we were pulling out of the driveway, I looked in the rearview mirror and looked at my wife, and I said, this is one of many trips I think we're going to be making like this. That's how it was for me and my brothers. We got hurt all the time. We're always breaking things or breaking each other. It's just the nature of children and especially boys. So anyway, Melody's okay, but I had a late night and did not get to finish my preparation the way I would have liked to. But in spite of that, God is faithful. He will speak this morning. Let's ask for him to uh, just lead this time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the um, beautiful poetry and imagery that there is in this section. Would you give us open hearts and open minds this morning as we navigate your word? Would you give us wisdom and discernment on how we ought to operate in this area of sex, sexuality and sex? And Lord, may we not um, shy away from it, but may we embrace it as your word uh, speaks to it very plainly. And may we be people who are willing to live in an obedient manner to honor you in this area, in a culture that is um, in so many ways polluted this. And we pray that we would be the exception and we would be the ones who represent the way that the Bible says this is supposed to be. And so we ask for your guiding and your leading through your Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read through our whole text this morning. I'm going to read out of the ESV, and um, we will come back. Why don't you stand for the reading of God's Word, stretch your legs a little bit, and uh, 
let's read this together. This is Song of Solomon, chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 8. The second idyll goes from verse 8 through chapter 3, verse 5. So we will read that section now in its entirety. Many of your Bibles may say something like mine, the heading of this section, the bride adores her beloved. So this is the Shulamite woman speaking, and she says, The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains and bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands beyond our wall, or behind our wall, gazing through the windows and looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beloved one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past and the rain is over and gone. Verse 12. The flowers appear on the earth and the time of singing has come and the, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig trees ripen, its figs and the vines are in blossom and they give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my, my beautiful one, and come away. This is such a beautiful picture of a husband uh, and a wife uh, leaving and cleaving is the language here. Verse 14. O oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face and let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine. This is a very famous verse, often taken out of context. My beloved is mine and I am his. And then it says, He grazes among the lilies until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mountains. Chapter 3 begins the bride's dream. Uh, the first five verses we'll read here together. On my bed by night I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him but found him not. I will rise now and go in, about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about the city. And I said, have you seen the one whom my soul loves, him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and I would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of, whom, of her who uh, conceived me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem. These daughters of Jerusalem are primary um, audience for this, this word this morning by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Let the word of God be written on our heart. You can have a seat. So we have an interesting text this morning. If you were to read that at face value, maybe you're newer to the Bible. If you were to read through this, uh, and you'd probably be like me when I first read through it and be like, okay, I don't know what I just read. I have no idea what that means. I read about gazelles, doves, and deers, and things, and I, uh, what? And that's okay. That, that's kind of how some of these Old Testament passages can be. But as we now dive in and look at context and um, the meaning behind some of these words in the original language and such, we will find some very deep, rich wisdom and beautiful poetic language in regards to sexual intimacy in the realm of marriage and how God has designed it to be. You know, technology has changed a lot, hasn't it? Uh, in just the last few decades, we've gone from, you know, uh, I remember when my parents got their first cell phone. How many of you had a cell phone in the 90s? Okay. And you remember you took that thing out and you were like, hello? Right? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. 
Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. What we really need is more monthly partners so the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener-supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to the Walk in Truth series called An Invitation to Intimacy. The subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples and may not be suitable for young children. Here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane. That's kind of how some of these Old Testament passages can be. But as we now dive in and look at context and um, the meaning behind some of these words in the original language and such, we will find some very deep, rich wisdom and beautiful poetic language in regards to sexual intimacy in the realm of marriage and how God has designed it to be. You know, technology has changed a lot, hasn't it? Uh, in just the last few decades, we've gone from, you know, uh, I remember when my parents got their first a cell phone. How many of you had a cell phone in the 90s? Okay. And you remember you took that thing out and you were like, hello? Right? And, uh, oh, no, you were like, hello? I had this giant antenna on there and it was just the weirdest thing. I remember my parents got a, uh, it was a Motorola blue phone and it, and it, um, I remember I was like, I think maybe eight when they got it. And I remember um, just being so fascinated with it. it had this little pull-out antenna, and it was bl- like royal blue. I think my dad picked those, diehard Dodger fan, everything blue. And he, you opened it up, and there was this little tab that covered the keypad, and then you couldn't text yet. Texting wasn't a thing. It was just to make calls. And, and I remember in college, I had a friend. He had an old Mercedes-Benz. The AC sw- switched on with like a jerry-rigged light switch. <laughs> You'd, you'd reach under the dash and you'd flip a, like a physical light switch like on a wall. He had wired it up to work his AC fan. Um, and this old Mercedes had a phone, a car phone in it. Remember, remember the car phones? And it had a coily cord um, and, and it could connect and it was like, ooh, here's a car phone. You know, like you had a nice Mercedes Benz and like you'd literally like grab a thing the size of this book and be like, hello? You know, and you see it in like the old movies and stuff. The rich people had phones in their cars. Um, and just how much technology has changed. I can take a 4K video on this little tiny thing that fits in, the, in my pocket, in the palm of my hand. Um, it is just crazy how technology has changed. But I remember as a kid, my parents um, had an old home video camera. You guys had these. as uh, You put the actual cassette tapes in there, and you're looking through this thing like, come here, you know, like the kids, filming the kids. And my parents had one of those. And I remember we have this particular home video. We love watching back these old home videos. They're hilarious uh, just to see my brothers and I as like little kids and our interactions and stuff. And you forget how high your voice was as a child. You hear yourself talk, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, my voice sounded like that? Jeez Louise. And so I remember this one particular video, though. We're outside. Um, this is probably in 1998. And my dad is wearing entirely too short of a pair of bike shorts. That was the style. They're like upper thigh. Like, what is, what's going on? 
they were royal blue, uh, and uh, he's standing on a very precarious stool, and I think he has Nathan holding him, and he's like trying to staple Christmas lights to the front of the house, and there's little James, and James is the youngest, and he's taking clumps of soil from the garden bed in front of the house and throwing them on the concrete, right? <laughs> And so mom walks out and she's like, here's the boys, you know, the narrating mom on the home video. They're hanging the Christmas lights. There's Michael. Michael, be careful, you know. And then <laughs> my dad's like, I'm fine, you know, barely reaching. And uh, so I remember this video. James is taking these wads of dirt and throwing them. And James is our, our troubled child in the sense that he was the rebellious one. Like, James was the one, you tell him not to do it, he gonna do it. Like, that's just how he was. And so that's how he was wired. How many of you have a child like that? Oh, my daughter is going to be like that. We're already at the stage now. We're at my, my grandma's house. She's hanging out with great grandma yesterday. And there's these phone cords hanging off the wall. And you say, Melody, no. And she goes, no, no, no. And you're like, no. And she's like, no. And, you know, it's just like, oh, you're going to be, you're going to push the limits. Thank you, Lord. Oh, so. James is throwing these wads of soil on the ground, and here comes mom. James, let's not do that, please. The, the patient tone is there, right, James? The, very gentle. Let's not do that. What does James do? <laughs> Dirt on the ground, right? And uh, that happens a couple times, and then the video ends with like, all right, you know, and then the video's over, and you know James is getting spanked at that very moment. <laughs> video over. We have a lot of home videos that end like that, very abruptly. <laughs> Like, all right, you know, shaky camera, video ends, child in trouble. See, the thing about that soil, though, if I may draw an analogy, is that soil is beautiful in its proper place, isn't it? When you take soil and you put it in a garden bed with uh, beautiful lush flowers and there's moisture and sunlight and now flowers can, can flourish and grow and there's, there's life, it's life-giving in its proper place. But when you take that same soil and you go into your home and you have your beautiful white fur rug and you throw it on your white rug and your kids run in there with their muddy shoes and they wipe their shoes, all of a sudden that soil is no longer beautiful and life-giving. And in fact, because it's taken out of its proper context, it's now creating a mess and oftentimes permanent stains and damage. And sex is like soil in that sense. When it's in its proper place, when it's in a garden bed, it brings life. It, it allows things to flourish. It's beautiful. It's right. It's whole. But when sex is taken outside of its God-given context and place, it becomes messy and damaging, and it can be permanently damaging. And some of you, and many of you, I would argue, sitting in this room this morning are still processing and working through long-term damage from sexual misconduct in your past or even your recent past. Sex is good, but we are not. And we have taken something that God has created to be good when in its right place and we've polluted it and muddied it and ruined it because we've taken it outside of the ordinances in which God has said it is supposed to stay. And the word marriage has an undeniable implication that is the joining of one man and one woman. And did you know that in our state right now, there is the possibility for me to be put in prison or fined for making that statement from this stage. And I am fully aware of that. 
that if I am to stand up here in California and say that I believe that marriage is for one man and one woman, I can be put in jail. If somebody so feels led to, to press charges against me for hate speech. That is where we are at in our culture. And it doesn't so much make me angry as it makes me sad. Because you start to see how evident and obvious it is that when we take this idea outside of the way God has designed it, it immediately begins to cause hurt. And so as we navigate this text this morning, there are a couple things that we need bear in mind. Number one, this is an epitomization of perfect intimacy between a couple. Newsflash, you and I are never going to have perfect marriages. So some of you are going to be reading this and the entire time you're going to have the temptation to look at your spouse and see, did you hear that? Did you, did you hear that? Don't do that this morning. And then secondly, so number one, this is a, this is a perfect picture. You need to realize that the guy who wrote this failed epically in the area of marriage and sexual intimacy and did things very much not according to the will of God. Solomon had a lot of wives. So what you're seeing is what many believe is a young Solomon writing about maybe his first love. And the intentions are starting off so good and noble. But the lesson there for us right out of the gate is that any of us are susceptible to falling so far from where we once started. You've been listening to God's Timing for Intimacy, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in the Song of Solomon, Chapter 2, Verse 8 through Chapter 3, Verse 5. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And could you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, I can feel some of you saying, you know what, I am struggling in my marriage. You have a desire to fix it, but you've asked your spouse to go to counseling and they won't, or you're not even sure if you want to right now. You don't even know how to begin or where to start. Well, let me just say this. If you do nothing then nothing is going to change. You've got to reach out to somebody. Now, I'm assuming that if you're listening to this right now, you're a Christian, and I'm, I pray that you have a home fellowship and that you have the ability to approach a leader. If you're a woman, maybe approach the leader of your women's ministry. If you're a man, maybe that leader of your men's ministry, or go to one of the pastors or go to the senior pastor. I'm the senior pastor of a church, and anyone who comes to me with that kind of request, I would say we will make a way to try to get them in front of somebody to get some help and encouragement. Obviously, it does take two to heal a marriage, but 
If you're the only one willing right now, then let it start with you. And maybe you need to to get some discipleship and some counseling from your local church. And if nothing else, I would encourage you to reach out to us. Maybe we can help. We have a number that you can call to get prayer and maybe share your heart with a pastor. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Well, here it is Friday. We're wrapping up the week. And my question for you is, do you have a home fellowship? In light of the question that we just kind of walked out, you know, it does take a local church. And so many uh, Christians, sadly, through COVID, but not just COVID, are unplugged from the local church. You're not really an active part of the body, and you need to be. Now, some of you are shut in, and you can't get to a church, and and I get that. But if you're an able-bodied believer, you should be part of a local body. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Hey, I'm so glad you've been listening to the Song of Solomon right here on Walk in Truth. I pray it's been an encouragement to you. And if it has opened up some areas of hurt or sensitivity, reach out today and get some help from a brother or sister, a trusted source in Christ. Have a tremendous weekend. Make sure you get to church and we'll see you right here Monday. God bless. And as always, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for just $5 a month. And visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8 through 3, verse 5, called God's Timing for Intimacy. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.